Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I am your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm talking with Jonathan Fields of The Good Life Project. Jonathan and I are going to talk about his perspective on living a good life and how you can do that by looking at the compartments of your life in terms of three buckets. Those three buckets are vitality, connection, and contribution. We'll talk about how to make drops in the bucket, not just another drop in the bucket, and how to make drops in the bucket even though you're already feeling more busy, maybe, probably, than you should. This is a great conversation with Jonathan. I know you're going to really enjoy it. Before we get into that conversation, I want to say thank you to AWeber for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. AWeber is a leading email marketing platform for growing businesses and entrepreneurs. And AWeber has an awesome landing page for you to go to for anyone who wants to be better at digital marketing. On that landing page, you're going to find free videos, downloadable checklists that are going to quickly launch you into some of the basic marketing tactics that you should know about if you're going to have an online presence and try to get found, get your work found, and build an audience. Things like creating that first YouTube video or Facebook ad, recording your first podcast episode, creating that first course, creating that first online course, all of those are covered in this free resource, Move Past Getting Stuck at These Initial Stages. And again, you may be a seasoned marketer, but you may not have done some of these things ever, and so you're a beginner there. This is going to get you past that beginner stage. To get to those free resources, all you got to do is go to aweber.com slash to do. That's A-W-E. B-E-R dot com slash T-O-D-O. Thanks again to AWeber for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Enjoy this conversation with Jonathan Fields. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show Jonathan Fields. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here with you. So I always try to have a little bit of a, you know pre-show banter with people, but once in a while, it's like we start getting into stuff, and it's like, oh, wait, hold on. Let's, let's hit record here. So... <laughs> You asked me, hey, how are you doing? I said, busy. And then uh, you said you had just released, what is it called again? Uh, a manifesto called Unbusy. Unbusy. So I, first and foremost, uh, you know, as usual, we'll put links to everything that we mention in this conversation in the show notes to this episode. So Unbusy, let's talk about that for a second because uh, we said there's nothing wrong with being busy if it's busy, if you're busy for the right reasons. Now, I think some people would say, yeah, but even being busy for extended periods of time is going to wear you down or make you feel tired or make you question, start questioning what you're doing. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things either. What's the gist of the unbusy manifesto? 
Yeah, I mean, the idea is is this, and it was funny because you know what we were saying before was that I completely dumb luck, you know, a little peek behind the curtain here because you know I'm I'm about to come up with a bigger book, so it's been a little bit maniacal behind the scenes. But the day that I publish this manifesto called Unbusy happens to also be the single busiest day of my year. Um, but the thing is, and that's where we got into the whole idea of it's not about. Um, the idea isn't that busyness is bad. The idea is that when you're busy with the wrong things for the wrong reasons, it leaves us gutted. You know, we move through each day as a general rule, having surrendered agency, having surrendered a sense of intention and mindfulness. And instead, you know, the things that make us busy are constantly reacting to a compounding list of agendas and to-do lists on an autopilot basis. And we're not actually sitting there saying, okay, what matters? Is this filling me up? Is it moving the needle towards something that's deeply meaningful to me? Is it allowing my, me to spend time with people who really, you know, I want to be around and who fill me up and nourish me and to do the work I'm here to do? Or am I literally just mindlessly reacting to a thousand different things that are coming flying my way that leave me at the end of the day feeling like I've just gotten pummeled I'm actually more behind than I was when I started the day, and I've done fewer of the things that actually mattered to me than I wanted to do, and life feels like it's kind of getting away from me. So I think we've kind of labeled generic busyness as the devil, when in fact, you know, if I wake up in the morning at 5 a.m., and I'm busy with things like meditation, moving my body, deep conversations with people I can't get enough of building a community and a venture that really matter to me and make a difference in the world. And my day is filled with that. And built into that busyness is intention and mindfulness and awareness and profound meaning and deepening into connection. I'm good with that, you know, um, and also space. You can actually be in my mind, yeah, like you can be busy with space at the same time. It just means that you're actually literally building it into the way that you you create your days. So um, that was my little mini rant. <laughs> nice. I, you know, I don't know that I've ever had somebody kick off the show with a mini rant before. <laughs> so anybody who's familiar with your work, they would say Jonathan Fields, and then they'd say, oh, good life. That, that, that those two words come out of you, or living a good life, or uh, plotting, your, the, plotting the course of your life, maybe, to, to live intentionally a good life. That, for some people, can seem, you know, the, the Good Life Project, it, it can seem touchy-feely and it can yeah. seem ambiguous. And I want to make it very practical in this conversation, which you do, by the way, in, in the book. And so explain to me what the Good Life Project is and why it's not just some touchy-feely, ambiguous thing. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I, I love that you you sort of invited this conversation early on because I am on a personal level, I'm a pretty open person. I'm I'm a New Yorker also, which doesn't necessarily go along with being pretty open, actually. But <laughs> we're sort of genetically skeptical. I'm, of, I'm a native of New Yorker too, by the way, not New right. York City, but New York State. So I I look at the world, and I'm I'm also at a point in my life where um, I'm kind of science driven. I always want to know: is there a system? Is there science? Is there a way to validate anything? And um, if there is, I'll always default to that. And I'm looking for practical ideas and strategies and tools. And at the same time, I think I've lived enough of life now where I've seen certain outcomes repeated across different people enough times where there isn't a really clear explanation that I'm also increasingly open to the fact that some things just are and some things just happen 
even though we, we may not be able to point to say, you know, okay, this is the tool, this is a system, this is a strategy, this is the scientific validation. Still, my mind does go to practical things because my my whole philosophy is really, you know, how can we get people out of their heads and just doing simple things that allow them to live better in the world? You know, it's the idea behind writing a book wasn't to add to the, oh, let's say overly vast body of literature about living a good life. Yes. You know, there's been so much written about this over thousands of years. The idea was basically to say, well, if there's been so much written about it and we're still suffering so much, you know, the average person still is moving through their day feeling disconnected, um, you know, like not filled with a sense of vitality and devoid of meaning or at least like not really having a whole big sense of meaning and purpose. What's going on? Where's the disconnect? And so my quest became how do I bridge that gap? And I realized pretty quickly it wasn't about information that it was really largely about the way that that really good wisdom information was being shared. So the idea with writing a book was saying, hey, listen, can I figure out a model that seems almost so deceptively simple that people would hear it once, remember it for life, and then it would actually guide your behavior on a daily basis so that people would, would for the first time, actually do the work rather than just reading something and say, well, that was interesting. Let me go buy something else that might be interesting too. I never actually do it. So when you ask me what Good Life Project is, you know, zoom the lens out. What we are is an intentional community built um, around a venture where, you know, the bigger quest is to bring t- bring people together and really explore. Okay, what are the what are the nuggets, the the substantial elements of living a good life? You know, and. And then beyond that, we've built an actual business where we produce media, we produce courses and trainings and events. We run a, an annual summer camp for adults where about 400 or so people get on planes, trains, and automobiles from around the world to essentially frolic and learn in the woods for four days. And I've spent years now just traveling around the world, sitting down with some of the most extraordinary teachers and literally just asking them the questions that I want to know, you know, about what they figured out and and allowed that to distill into a set of data points where now for the first time, you know, I felt like I had enough to really create that simple model and share it and then invite people to come participate in it. So that's really what the bigger venture, the bigger sort of exploration is about. And that's um and that's how the book kind of emerged from it. If you're anything like me, podcasters don't consume podcasts as often or as frequently as our podcast listeners do. Mm. We because we're so busy doing our own stuff, we have, you know, our, our we have our go-tos and we listen to most or if not all of those episodes of those shows, but it's it's probably no more than 5 to 10 to 20 at most. But there's a lot of people out there who are consuming books and podcasts and uh, webinars and seminars and conferences and they are consuming all this content and absorbing all this knowledge but like you said it hits them and instead of well instead of absorbing it or consuming it or internalizing it or walking away with something practical that they apply it, it kind of bounces off them you know like they, they it goes well the the whole phrase in one ear and out the other it's not that it goes in one ear and out the other and is useless it does 
leave a residue in their brain. But uh, I, I like that you went ahead and tried to apply this new vision or perspective or however you want to call it that, hey, here's a practical application and let's apply that. So I would be remiss if I were to say that, uh, hey, here's another podcast episode, listen to it and then move on to the next one. I want somebody to walk away with an actual lesson from this show. Yeah. What, do you, what do you say we try and set that up for people to have homework from, from yeah, this let, podcast episode? Let's, let's do that. I mean, why don't we, if it makes sense to you, why don't I just, I mean, you don't have to read the book. I'll share this simple model and then we can talk about a couple ways to interact with it and maybe some things to do around it. Yeah, I think that would be perfect. So uh, let's talk about basically, I mean, essentially, I, th- I believe you're saying let's envision these buckets. Yeah. So, so think about your life as three buckets, right? Um, literally, I mean, you can just picture them in front of you. You can write them out on a page if you want. One bucket is called vitality. One bucket is called connection. And one bucket is called contribution. And it's, it's really pretty straightforward. A good life is doing what you can to fill and keep those three buckets as full as possible. So let's just take an extra moment to talk about what might go into each of these buckets. You know, your your vitality bucket is really about optimizing your state of mind, your mindset, and your physical body. You know, so those are a series of practices that you might do every day that would make those things feel like they're really humming on all cylinders. Your connection bucket is about cultivating deep and meaningful relationships. And that happens on a variety of levels. If you think about sort of, you know, an expanding ripple of these relationships in your life or what the potential relationships could be, think about an intimate partner, think about close friends, think about family, think about um, like-minded community, you know, where they're just your people. And then for those who who feel a sense also, um, think about a relationship with something bigger than you, whether it's whether it's source or God or nature or whatever, however you might define that in the way that's meaningful. And then for that third bucket, contribution, this bucket is really about how you're bringing your, your gifts, your work to the world. Most people think about that in terms of work and they think, well, it's the thing I get paid for. And the truth is it may or may not be the thing you get paid for and that's actually okay. You know, what we're looking at is, okay, how do I contribute to the world in a way that allows me to fully leverage my strengths and my gifts and my abilities to feel like I'm lit up as I move through the day, to feel like the essence of who I am is fully expressed in the work that I do, um, that I feel a sense of being sparked. And so the idea is if you wake up every day, you know, and do what I call a really quick snapshot of your buckets, you know, most of us can intuitively just kind of know, okay, so I'm lying here in bed, my eyes just open, um, really quick scan. I'm feeling like I actually really didn't sleep all that well. I'm feeling a little bit blue. My vitality bucket is probably at about a four today. And my connection bucket, you know, I'm actually, I've got someone I love lying next to me. I, I'm regularly in contact with my friends, you know, like my parents are great relationships with them. Actually, I feel like that's probably about an eight, eight and a half. And my contribution bucket, you know, I feel like the work that I'm doing is really making a difference and I can't wait to get to it. So I'm going to call that a nine, you know, and that would be a really good signal that, okay, vitality is a four, connection is an eight, contribution is a nine, but you're probably going to want to move into that day and say, let me make a priority out of doing things that fill my vitality bucket a little bit. And that may be making sure that you actually 
eat really well that day. It may be making sure that you um, lean into mindset practices. It may be making sure that you build movement into your day or you know, a variety of different things. So it's a really simple idea. You know, it's it's these three buckets and your job is just to keep circling around and keep filling them. It's it's not like a big disruptive thing. It's not a place that you work to finally get to. It's just a daily practice. And over time, what we found is it's so simple that it's almost deceptive. People are like, ah, yeah, but like, where's the big thing that's going to make a difference? And it's actually the reason that so many people don't ever do anything is because they're looking for the big profound thing that never comes rather than saying, this is a simple idea that actually works and I can do it every single day. Like I can step into this today. That's the idea. It's a simple model. And then the question becomes, um, how do we do some things to fill those buckets? Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another one of those trite phrases came to mind, just which is this idea that there's this 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 phrase, it's just a drop in the bucket. 
Like that's mm-hmm. not something significant. Like it's just a drop in the bucket is, is how I often hear it. That it's, oh, it's just like it's useless. Yeah. But what most people and, – and this has been a recurring theme by the way on the show in the last, I don't know, a couple of months here. There's been other huh. people – so this is kind of a culmination in some senses. A drop in the bucket is not just a drop in the bucket. It's one more drop in the bucket. It's adding to the consistent showing up and p- placing those things in the right buckets so that they accumulate. I'm assuming that there's some co- sort of correlation to, hey, the buckets maybe leak once in a while or yeah. <laughs> as, as life ha- life is messy, buckets get jostled, stuff falls out. We want to put more stuff back into them at all, at all times, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, just as there are, you know, the three simple buckets, there are also three simple rules, which is one, you just said it, the buckets leak. So there's never a time where you're like, oh, yeah, like I got all three topped off. They're 10 out of 10. I'm done. Like, I don't have to do anything. I can stop all this stuff because I'm good for life. You know, like I may be 25 years old, but I'm totally good. You know, the truth is they all leak a little bit. And the older we get, the further into life we get, the faster they leak. So your job is to keep putting these little drops in is to keep the daily practice of adding to them. The second rule is maybe a little less intuitive, but really important, which is that the level of all your buckets will always be kept, um, or the capacity of all your buckets will always be kept by the least full one. And this comes into play very often. I'll give you the most common scenario when we see this. Somebody is um, really focused on doing their big work. You know, they're, they just want to, they want to max out their contribution bucket and fill that, that puppy to the top. So they're working as hard as they can possibly work to, you know, whether it's a job or starting a business, whatever it may be, whatever their, whatever their manifestation of their work in the world is. And they're working fiercely and they feel like, you know what, they're doing everything they can, but still they haven't hit their stride. They they know there's so much more potential in them. Things aren't quite right, you know, so they feel like they're capped at like, a seven out of ten, they just can't fake. They can't work harder, so they think, "Oh, wait a minute! I know what the problem is. I'm working hard, but I need to work smarter. That's what the problem is. I've, I've got to get more productive, more efficient, have systems and processes." So they retool everything that they do, right? And they have now checklists and systems and methodologies, and like, yeah, yeah, this is this is definitely moving the needle a little bit. But then it just moves the needle that little bit. It doesn't get them all the way there, and they still feel there's something that's just like stopping them. They, okay, so now I'm working smarter. I'm working as hard as I can work. What else can I do you know, to unlock that final thing? What they don't realize is that, that their capacity there is forever hampered by the fact that almost invariably, they've completely ignored their vitality bucket and very often ignore their connection bucket in the name of going all in on the contribution side of things. And those buckets are plummeting to zero. And until you actually pull back a little bit on the work side of things, the contribution side of things, and actually recommit to filling your vitality bucket, to nourishing your mindset and your physical body, to reconnecting with those who really matter and fill you up, you will never be able to actually contribute to the world to do your great work on the level that you know you're capable of because the problem isn't in that bucket. The problem is that you've let the others run dry and they will forever stunt the capacity of your ability to do your great work. So what people find is if they actually go back and say, you know what, let me recommit. Let me actually work less hard, maybe even less (laughs) smart. 
and recommit to actually really taking care of myself and to rekindling those relationships that make a huge difference to me, that contribution bucket, the capacity unlocks itself. And they find that very often, without even having to work as hard or sometimes even as smart, that potential starts to reveal itself. So that's a little counterintuitive. And I'm as guilty as the next person, by the way, of banging my head against this wall and then realizing like, oh, wait, yeah, that's the problem here. So we all do it. You know, so that's the, the, the second rule, which is so critically important. Um, the third rule is really simple, which is that the buckets don't lie. You know, we love to kind of delude ourselves that we're eh, sort of doing better than we really are, that the buckets are fuller than we re- they really are. But um, the buckets are the ultimate truth tellers. If you let your vitality bucket run dry, it is going to hammer you to a stop. Same thing with the other two. So you can tell yourself anything you want, but eventually the buckets always win. They always tell the truth. So you got to, at some point, it's going to force you to acknowledge the fact that you need to pay attention to all three in order for your life to go where it needs to go. Well, I know you gave that example of, you know, hey, I woke up in the morning and I kind of did a quick check on my buckets. Let's walk through that because if the buckets don't lie, then we need to kind of have a great, I don't know, assessment feels kind of analytically driven. But how do we check our buckets at the right frequency and with the right, I don't know, intention? Yeah, I mean, great question, right? Because you don't want to actually get it to a level where you become maniacally obsessive and <laughs> start, <laughs> you know, start checking it the way that you would check, you know, like Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter for your updates, because then, uh, then it actually almost becomes defeating, you know, it starts to take over things. And also we just don't respond with that level of, uh, speed. So one of the things that I suggest is actually, um, I think it's a really good idea to do a really short and sweet morning check-in literally, you know, like, um, less than a minute, just like what I was saying before. Um, And then I also think it's a a really great idea to once a week, just go a little bit deeper and do that same check-in, but then ask yourself, well, why is it at this level? And what could I do sort of like longer term, bigger picture to make it better? You know, so you would wake up in the morning and I call this a 60 second snapshot, right? And you think, okay, vitality bucket. Um, on, you know, if I'm going to do a really quick one to 10, you know, uh, or, or zero to 10, you know, like zero being extremely dissatisfied and 10 being extremely satisfied. Five, just kind of somewhere in the middle. You know, you say to yourself, okay, how satisfied am I with my level of energy, fitness, and strength? Um, how satisfied with my, am I with um, my level of pain, um, disability, and ability? Uh, how satisfied am I with the, my state of just presence and awareness and mindfulness, ability to be in the moment? How am I with my level of calm uh, and ability to navigate change and feel like I'm resilient? And how am I with my sense of gratitude and, um, and growth? You know, so those are some of the questions that you might ask on a more detailed level, if you wanted to go more detailed. We actually have this as a as a downloadable worksheet that's attached to uh, one of the resources for the book, by the way, too. So cool. it's um it's the type of thing that you can just kind of like grab really fast and easy. You want me to go granular like that on the other two buckets too? Would that be helpful? Yeah, that would. And, and I have cool. I act, so I have a follow up question or two also that stems off of that. But yeah, keep going. Great. Okay. So um, connection bucket, right? You're looking at whether you feel loved without condition. 
whether you feel strongly connected with with friends who are really good friends who get you? Um, do you have a sense of belonging to a like-minded community? Do you feel connected to something bigger than just you? And do you feel a strong sense of connection to your environment also? Those are like the really quick checks that I would do in connection with this. And then that final bucket, your contribution bucket, do you feel a sense of meaning in the way that you contribute to the world? Do you feel that your strengths and abilities are being really fully tapped and utilized? Uh, do you feel like your actions, the things that you're actually doing on a day-to-day basis, are aligned with your values and beliefs? Uh, do you feel a sense of purpose and passion in the way that you contribute to the world? And do you feel lit up or sparked, you know, absorbed in those activities? So these are some of the things that you can do if you want to get a bit more granular um, with each one of these buckets. And again, what I'll often do is just do more of a really fast 10-second intuitive thing on sort of like the general bucket. But then if I feel like I'm not getting a real clear answer, I'll drill down a little bit more because that drill down helps you know kind of guide my actions, you know, the things that might best inform me about what to do to actually make a difference. So you had questions. Yeah, so if you're like me, and probably the listeners out there, you're thinking, well, if I do this and I do my 60-second uh, snapshot on my buckets in the morning, ideally, when you start off doing this, you're going to, unideally, in a weird way, you're going to start to realize that there are places where you need to be dropping more into these buckets. And you're going to struggle thinking, wait, so how, how do I do that? I already feel, to go to, back to the beginning of this conversation, uh, too busy. So mm. how do I make time slash uh, you know, wedge in, because that's what it's going to feel like at first at least, yeah. at dropping into each of these three buckets? Because I'm sure that it's not just one bucket, but maybe all three buckets that are lacking. Yeah. So uh, I love that question. A couple of thoughts on that. One is that when you start to do more of the stuff that's intentional and that matters and you start to realize how much of your busyness is caused by stuff that is completely irrelevant to the story that you want to tell with your life, you start to be able to more easily drop so much of what you're doing, so much of what you're reacting to in the name of actually making intentional choices. It's why one of the, the you know, the the balance of the book is actually broken out into 30 chapters, which represent 30 days of things to do. And the very first one is cultivating an awareness practice. That's why I, the first thing that you do is really say, okay, I need to be um, mindful here so that I can discern what's intentional and not what's, what's just purely reactive. So that's step one. One of the other days that I have is uh, basically learning how to say no. You know, a huge part of the reason that we're unable to actually feel like we can fit anything else in is because we've said yes to so many things that don't matter. And we actually need to, to literally develop a practice of saying no so that we can make things happen on a different level and that we can make the space for all these different things. A third thing here, which is, remember you said earlier, um, it's just a drop and that that's kind of a misnomer and that it's another drop. I love that reframing from you. And the idea here is that sometimes we think we have to do these really big things. The truth is, very often, it's literally a matter of taking 10 to 20 seconds to do something that can really make a difference. I mean, if you feel like your connection buck is, is low, literally take like think, bring to mind two people 
who you feel you know, like you really love, and they're good friends, and you want to be with them, but you just haven't, you know, the the relationship is languished, not because you don't like them, just because you're all, you know, like sort of focused on other stuff. And take take like twenty seconds and text each one of them, telling them, you know, I was just thinking of you, you know, would love to just set aside two minutes and just say hi, or literally just to do that, and literally the act of like that really simple sending a text is effectively one of the things that you can do to fill that connection bucket. The, I, I totally get the idea of, oh, I don't want to add to my burden now because I'm already overly busy. When you really get into this and you start to cultivate awareness practices, you find that you're able to drop the, so many of the things that are keeping us busy because they're really the things that aren't adding meaningfully to our lives. And that so many of the things that actually would make a difference are really tiny things that don't take a lot of time and don't take a lot of energy to actually execute. One of the other things that I would say that I've, you know, cause I've been approaching my life through this lens of how do I course correct or how do I fill, how do I fill the buckets? In other words, with, with things that are going to be, you know, life giving, how do I fill my vitality? Vitality for me is probably the key one that that is missing because I, I personally feel like, my vitality bucket is the one that when I put when I make sure that I'm making consistent drops in that bucket, I then have energy. I have clear I have physical energy, I have clarity of mind, I am feeling good about myself and then can put more effort into uh, making sure there are drops in the other two buckets. And the way that I've approached that has been how can I uh, so for example, I, I can't say no to like doing work email or something, but I can go to a place where I don't have to necessarily look at my feet to take a walk, but I can take a walk and like have my phone and like tap something, tap the voice command, respond to emails. And I know I'm advocating multitasking here, but I am saying that like getting up and getting that extra standing or walking time as part of an, a, a paradigm shift in approaching a, a certain task that I normally have to do, um, suddenly I'm dropping the, I'm making a drop in my vitality bucket as I'm actually just doing something that's mind, well, sort of mindless, like email. Yeah. And no, I love that example. Um, and also because it, it illustrates another point, which is that you can actually do things that fill multiple buckets simultaneously. So the idea of actually moving while you're working so you don't actually – it doesn't take a whole bunch of cognitive bandwidth for your brain to process walking <laughs> you know, right. or standing. So the idea of that being you know, like bad because it's multitasking isn't really a reality because when we talk about multitasking, what we're talking about is really – or you know, like the downside of multitasking or switch tasking yes. is that we're talking about things where they're competing for cognitive bandwidth. Right. So if you do things simultaneously where they're not actually, you know, setting up that competition, it's actually okay. In fact, it's great. So walking is a perfect example because not only are you filling your vitality bucket because movement is actually critically important for your health and for your vitality. There's something even better about this, which is that we know that when you move your body, there's actually um, a chemical called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is released in your brain 
during movement and pretty much only during movement. And it's been called by some popular researchers effectively, you know, miracle grow for your brain. It's one of the things that actually grows new brain cells and it helps you with cognitive processing. It helps make you better and smarter and more creative and innovative. So you're actually being of service. So it's funny when I I work at, a, at an adjustable desk where I can hit a button and it goes up so I can stand and it goes down so I can sit so I can change position. I also have a little tiny mini foot um, elliptical thing that sometimes I'll put the standing desk up and I'll slide that under my feet. And when I'm on a call or when I'm doing something, if I, you know, I've actually, I've done stuff where I'm on Skype video and <laughs> people will see me just kind of like almost like bouncing in the frame. They're like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and I'm like, look, you, you, you want the best out of me right now. And the best you're going to get is if I'm up and moving while we're talking. Um, and they're like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. So that idea of um, integrating different modalities where they're not competing for cognitive bandwidth, um, but they're actually, one is actually enhancing your cognitive bandwidth and creativity, I think is a great thing while actually filling your vitality bucket. Well, and here's another one to throw out there. So if we want to go for a connection bucket and a vitality bucket, you can go sit down and have a nice meal with somebody and you're eating something healthy. So there's that. Or you go for a walk with a friend or your spouse or whatever. And again, you're up and you're doing movement and you're – so you're, you're – in other words, you're feeding your body and you're feeding the relationship. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I also do that, by the way, with um, with my – face-to-face meetings. If somebody, you know, I'm in New York City and I work at a home office and barring the really cold winter day, if somebody actually is coming to New York and they want to meet with me, I'll almost always say, well, well, let's make it a walk and talk. And we'll actually go out and we'll walk around. Yeah, on, where I live, two blocks to one side is the Hudson River and three blocks in the other direction is Central Park. So, you know, what I do is we'll very often just walk around Central Park and it's amazing because it also it, Central Park is one of my favorites because it does a couple of things. One is it fills my vitality bucket because I'm walking around. It fills my connection bucket because I'm with somebody I find genuinely interesting and, and fills my contribution bucket because I'm trying to be of service to them. I'm trying to do my best possible work. The movement allows my brain to function better. And when we're in Central Park, we're surrounded by nature and trees. And I've done all this research. There's a whole chapter devoted to how actually being in nature and being in trees really changes your mindset and your physiology. So it's sort of like you can actually integrate all these things, which kind of brings us full circle to your earlier question about like, well, you know, I don't want to have to add all this stuff. The truth is very often you actually don't have to add all these things. If you just kind of rethink about the way that you're doing them, you may find that you can redo them in a way where you can do them together in a way where they're actually all happening with less time and energy and the and the total outcome, the net outcome for all of them is filling all the buckets. So we can find complementary tasks that fill all three buckets. Then the on the flip side of that, we don't necessarily have to, like you said, add things in. Sometimes we could actually take the exact same activities that we are already doing and without adding anything else into our already busy life, we can just change the approach to how we're doing the thing and either look at it differently or, again, do something in conjunction with that that's complementary and still get the same amount of work done and, in fact, get more done 
in a sense, because we are filling a bucket. Whereas we used to do that task, we used to do that same task, but as we did it, we weren't filling a bucket. Yeah. In fact, very often we're emptying one, you know, we're doing, yeah, we're yeah. Det- detracting from one. No, that, that's exactly the point, you know, and, and kind of coming full circle a bit also, you know, we talked about this idea, if, if two of the things that you do, you know, in the beginning are beginning to develop a daily mindfulness practice, which, you know, it takes a little bit of time to develop. And also start practicing saying no, like literally anytime anybody asks you to do anything, whether it's what seems to be a minor checklist on a to-do list or an agenda or an email, get into the habit of being intentional and saying and asking yourself first, you know, does this matter? Is this meaningful um, to me? And in my priorities, you know, of what actually matters today and what what will make a difference in my life um, and what matters to me. Does this matter? And then practice, literally practice saying what I call the loving no, which is not like, you know, like, no, you suck. I'm not going to do it. Leave me alone. You know, that's, that's, that's not okay. You know, we want to be compassionate and kind and understanding. But also we really need to honor the stuff that matters to us and the work that we're here to do in the world. You know, so literally, you know, take a little bit of time actually and put together two or three sentences for an email that you can very quickly customize that just says, hey, thanks so much for your kind invitation or your kind inquiry. You know, I'm, I'm grateful to even be considered, you know, as much as I would love to be able to say yes to X, whatever it is. Right now, um, my time is really fully allocated to a number of projects that won't allow me to do it. So um, I have to decline your kind offer or inquiry or invitation, wishing you the best of luck, wishing you success. What's so what's so interesting about this is that I've I've done that and I do it pretty much every day at this point. And you're always a little nervous because you know we're wired to want to say yes to people. We want to be gracious. What I found is something really fascinating, which surprised me, which is that when I do that, it's not that unusual for me to get an email back from somebody saying, "Hey, listen, I'm I'm kind of bummed that you said no, but at the same time." The way that you said it made me understand why you were saying it. And it also, I feel like you've also just given me permission now to do the same thing when people ask things of me. It's kind of great to see you modeling that because now I feel like, you know, it's doable and I can do it, which was not the intended outcome, but it's pretty cool. And it wasn't, I I didn't expect when I started getting replies like that, but I think it's actually really cool that that's happened. Well, I know that we've, we've talked about this consistency factor of continually making drops that aren't just drops in the bucket. But I also want to reframe it really quickly and go to that. We do the 60-second snapshot once a day, if possible, or ideally. But then we also do maybe this deeper dive into yeah. the buckets once a week and do a, do a little bit deeper or uh, you know more accurate assessment, but I want to almost say that there's one other factor here, and I think that that it's this, that we all, you know, like we said, most people are thinking, I want an instant fill on this bucket. I want to have that quick fix that just fully fills up this bucket. And we're saying, for the most part, that's not possible. However, there are certain times, I think, I would make the case for that, for example, uh, I'm going to take a week off in about a month or so. 
and I'm going to go back to New York State with my family and spend time with my brothers, my mother and, and, and stepfather and all that. And I'm going to intentionally fill that connection bucket with them and unplug from the web and all that kind of stuff and really try to, I don't know, top it off. But then from that point forward, as I'm going through that process of quote-unquote topping it off, um, figure out ways that from that point forward, I can make drops in the bucket in with those people there and with my people here uh, moving forward. What do you have to say yeah. about that? I love that. No, I think it's such a great example. So glad you brought it up. You know, Because we do – it is a daily practice and at the same time, if you you know think ahead, you know you, we can almost always find ways to create these moments of intensive, short term, you know, like big hit bucket filling. And so that's a, such a great example, right? You go home and assuming, of course, you know, you dig your family and you like to be around <laughs> yes. them, which it sounds like you do. So that's a great thing. Um, you know, that can be you know hugely nourishing and hugely bucket filling on that connection bucket. And then the idea is, yeah, that. You, you, you're not kind of like, okay, well, I'm done for the year. I'll be back here in November next year. You know, it's like, how can I actually, you leave there and it's a nine out of 10 and that's awesome. And then it's like, it's much easier to just do a little bit of maintenance dosing on a daily basis after that to keep it there than it is to build it all the way back up to that same place. And, and I think that's a great way to do it. You know, so people will do that. I know with meditation retreats, or just health and wellness retreats, yoga retreats. Um, I've also seen people do that with uh, on the contribution side, where you'll take an intense, you know, like a five day or a month long course on coding or on like some skill set that really allows you to stand much more fully in the type of work that you want to do and the way that you really want to contribute to the world in a way that really fills you up. You know, so you can sort of set aside this burst to just really go deep into that. So I think there are definitely ways. It's a it's a great idea, and so you take it as a daily practice, and then maybe once a week, or not once a week, that be way too much. Maybe once a year, you you commit to doing one thing to fill each bucket on a much more intensive deep dive level, kind of like a really you know, I think of it as okay. I'm going to take a few days, you know, and do something that's designed to just really top off, you know, this one bucket as much as humanly possible. And I kind of love that idea, actually. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I could help you. <laughs> I feel like there's a downloadable there that that can be created and, and set up for people who buy the book. Yeah, totally. Hey, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, my my approach to all this stuff is I'm forever a student, mm-hmm. you know. I've, I, I think the moment we stop being a student and we think that we have everything dialed in is kind of the moment that we start losing. I mean, here, that's why I do this show because I'm yeah. continually a student. I'm learning from you and learning from the input from the listeners. So, Jonathan, this has been an awesome conversation and I would love to continue it and have you come back on at some point. So uh, let's do that. But in the meantime, let's point everybody to where they can grab the book, which I don't think I ever actually really said the title, which is kind of cool. How to Live a Good Life, Soulful Stories, Surprising Science, and Practical Wisdom. It's a deep dive into everything we just talked about here in terms of implementation and the philosophy behind it. Uh, Jonathan, where can they find this? 
Yeah, so you can find the book pretty much at booksellers everywhere, online, offline. Or if you want to actually just check out the first chapter, you can download it and read it for free and see if it feels right to you at goodlifeproject.com slash book. And I'll link up to all of that in the show notes where they can uh, head on over to your site and find out everything else that you're doing. Hey, this has been fun. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. It's actually it's been a blast. And thanks for uh, thanks for being my teacher for a good chunk of it. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, so Jonathan and I in the conversation talked about giving you guys homework. So here it is. What I want you to do: either take a couple minutes now, or set yourself up a block of time tomorrow morning, five minutes at maximum, and gauge your buckets. Think about where they are. Think about things that you think would help you fill those buckets and then even take it further and start to think about which things will fill your buckets and work in tandem with filling of other buckets. Try to come up with ways that will augment the tasks you're already doing and transform those tasks into bucket filling tasks. I'd love to hear what you've come up with. You can find the show notes for this episode to leave a comment on what you found about your buckets at beyondthetodolist.com slash 155. Thanks again to Aweber for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Make sure to go grab the free checklist and free videos to get you started past that thing that you're still a beginner at in terms of your online presence, whether it's a YouTube video, a Facebook ad, a podcast episode, getting mailing list subscribers, and more make sure to head on over to aweber.com slash to-do. That's A-W-E-B-E-R dot com slash T-O-D-O. Thanks again for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, leave us a comment at the show notes and let us know what you got out of this episode. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.